1: Today on the Zabecast, who wants to have just one goat when you can have a whole smelly pen of goats by guilty summer pleasure. Tim Murray, the big ginger, with his take on LeBron, Tebow, Jason Worth, Extravagance, and more. And remember when the internet was all about putting up pictures of pretty girls and not making any apologies for it? Uh, those days are apparently over. All you need is 45 minutes of downtime and buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, June 28, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. Email from one Daniel Trebendis. You can always email me at zabe at yahoo.com. That's, of course, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at yahoo.com. He writes to say, The GOAT. Zabe, that segment yesterday on your show in DC just took the GOAT itself for great. Radio segments. Most hilarious and entertaining hour I've probably ever heard. Sincerely, Daniel Trebendis, one percenter from Syracuse, New York. In case you missed it, I think you can smell which way the wind is blowing on. Hmm, smells like goat, is what it smells like. Uh, yes, I did a segment on the greatest of all time, acronym GOAT, because that's all we talk about now in sports as fans on sports radio, on sports TV. The GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? Is LeBron the GOAT? <laughs> I love the sound effects. I think what made... Okay, so if there was a twist on GOAT arguments, and I bet this has been, been done by tons of people in tons of situations. So yeah, I just plucked the idea, which is... Garden variety, thin summer gruel of a topic. Who's the greatest of all time in this? The greatest of all time in that? No big deal. Plucked it right from a Drew McGarry piece on Deadspin with the headline of All the Goats. And I thought that was funny, the All the Goats. My mind immediately went My <laughs> mind immediately went to just a pen full of goats. And I said, okay, he went through a list, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat. Here's the go to this, go to that, go to this, go to that. And I said, okay, I can do the same thing, and then we'll have fun with it. Well, I think the only reason that the bit worked was because of just how we presented it. Like, I made sure to keep going as fast as I could through all these different categories. Not spending a lot of time. I wasn't going to belabor, well, the Jordan versus LeBron, or the Tiger versus Nicholas. Like, nobody wants to hear the belaboring of the goats. You just want to, quick, rat a tat 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 goat-goat-goat-goat-goat. And the sound effects that Solly found of a YouTube channel of a bunch of goats in someone's pen was perfect and funny. And then, of course, Scott does a great goat impression himself. (laughs) Better than mine. Better than Jim Brewer, who played Goat Boy on SNL many, many years ago. So, yeah, my goat list was uh, goat athlete Jesse Owens, NFL Jim Brown, NFL coach Bill Belichick, Major League Baseball Babe Ruth, Major League Manager, I wasn't quite sure. That was a lost goat, as I called <laughs> it. Thank you. Uh, NBA, Jordan, Coach, Auerbach, NHL, Gretzky, Coach, probably Bowman. College Football, I thought Herschel Walker as a player, but maybe it was Bo Jackson. I, You know, maybe it was some old dude like Jay Berwanger, but whatever. Uh, college Football Coach, Nick Saban, goat in my mind. College Basketball, Greatest Player, Bill Walton. Coach, I hate to say it, but Krzyzewski. Uh, Nicholas and Golf, Babe Zaharias for the women, Tennis Federer, Wil- women, Serena, Best Commissioner of All Time, Pete Rozelle, Best TV Announcer for the Big Four, Musburger, Best TV Announcer for everything else, Jim McKay, Best Radio Play-by-Play, All Sports, Any Sports, Chick Hearn, Best Sports Talk, even though I don't like him and I think he's a bit of a fraud, Mike Francesa, uh, let's see, Swimming, Phelps, NASCAR, Petty, Indianapolis, That was a tough one. Foyt, Unser, Andretti. I don't know Indy well enough. I'd have to ask my boy Ron Thomas. F1, I assume it's Michael Schumacher as your F1 GOAT. Soccer, the GOAT's Pele, if you ask me. Country music, it's Johnny Cash. Pop music, Michael Jackson, which I would agree with Drew McGarry on that. He said rock was Elvis Presley. I'll give him that. There's the GOAT there. Uh, Seinfeld was my comedy GOAT. That's highly controversial because of... Uh, Pryor and Murphy and Steve Martin and Bill Cosby and a bunch of others. Production car, I said Ford Mustang. I didn't specify a year. That was the GOAT. Candy GOAT, M&M's, because they will stay edible in a hot car, and you can apportion them out with little pieces. Cereal, I said Rice Krispies are the GOAT, even though they're not my favorite. uh, The GOAT, because of their significance and just, when you think cereal, what do you, Rice Krispies. Others said cornflakes. Others said Wheaties. Interesting. And on and on and on. American sex symbol, the goat is Marilyn Monroe. I don't think that's even arguable. But yeah, that was just basically it. A summer throwaway topic about. <laughs> goats. And and nothing makes a fun, entertainment, entertaining, lighthearted radio segment quite like goat sound effects. Okay, with that said, time to talk to the big ginger. <laughs> You know him as the Great Tower of Muhlenberg, a.k.a.
0: the Big Ginger. Mr. Timmy Murray is in the house. What's up, Timmy? Steed Kazabin. how excited are you to head out to Old Avenel and uh, watch some golf? Golf, golf,
1: golf. I won't get to watch a lot of golf because we'll just be broadcasting from the back of the fucking driving range uh, looking at a bunch of trees well we won't even see the golfers we'll just see the balls landing and say oh i i think that was kevin strillman's seven iron hey how about that no i'm fine it's you know i used to work there you know that right i did not know that you did not know that i worked at back in the day young stevie was out there well not young it was post college it was okay. kind of
0: between... Oh, I think I did know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, before I got my big broadcasting break at the Team 980, actually, it was uh, WTEM 570. I think it was 570. No, maybe they were 980 at the time. Whatever. When this station was... When the station I'm at now was just in its infancy, circa 1991. uh well, 92
0: it started, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like 91-ish, thereabouts. I was on the driving range, and I was working as a outside ops for good old TPC Avenel. Of course, I left then and went to California to do play-by-play for the Gauchos and do an hour talk show in the evening on KTMS Radio. But there I was on the range. In fact, I'm not trying to get my story straight here. Pardon me. Just bear with me for a second, Timmy. Uh, nosh hey, on it's some your podcast. The, thank you. Nosh on some of the treats I brought in for the podcast today. Mm-hmm. So let's see. So I graduate college in 1990 i come home i've got nothing going on i work at tpc avenel then i get the gig back in california i drive back across the country in 91 then i come back home again circa 93 94 go back to work at avenel briefly then get a gig at 980 a Rich Bond game of the gig doing updates and that's when I last left, left Avenel. But yes, I used to work the range up there.
0: there now was it you that said this? I, I want to give proper credit that golfers that it is thought of the toughest thing about Avenel is that you have to drive by Congressional on the way to ah, Avenel. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that, I, was that you a, who said that? That's a, Or that's, Urban Legend? Or?
1: Yeah, that's sort of a joke amongst golf yeah. snobs that, you know, Avenel Is sucks. it a good course? Well, since they redid it, And it took a huge renovation, took a billion miles of permits and lawsuits with the good old folks of Montgomery County to reroute streams and whatnot. Uh, The redo is excellent. It's a hell of a golf course. It's hard. Like, you'll see the tour pros this week. The winning score at this event with the big boys on tour is like seven under. And that's pretty low for a rank-and-file tour stop on the PGA. So it's a hard course. And for, for regular amateurs, now the thing is, you know, for uh, you know, fifty one and a half weeks a year, the course is arguably Murray too hard for your average mm. weekend hacker. Now, but is it a
0: public course?
1: Well, it's a private course. It's a private, it course. Is a private course. Yeah, it's a it's it's a fairly high dollar uh, you know course, and it's owned by the tour. That's why the TPC network. So the tour itself owns a, s- a number of courses around the country, about a dozen or so, under the TPC banner. And they operate and maintain them because they said, well, why are we paying rent at all these courses around the country to hold PGA Tour events? Why don't we build courses, run them as private clubs, 51 and a half weeks out of the year, and then bring the tour to those clubs? It raises the profile of the club. We don't have to pay rent. And we're supposedly making money running a country club. Make sense?
0: Makes some sense. I love talking golf with you because I I learn stuff. I don't know anything about golf. I know I don't pretend to know things about golf. So I enjoy kind of picking your brain. I know I am the guest here. I just like learning stuff.
1: Okay. Thank well, you. there Thank you go. Saying. That's one to grow on, my friend. Let's get right to the let's get to your wheelhouse, which is basketball. First Ooh. of all, where who who got your MVP vote? Cuz I know you have a MVP vote in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: it was uh Giannis Antetokounmpo. No. Uh I would have voted for LeBron. Okay, I know I got un- so you and I real are, quickly. You and
1: I are together on this one. Like, don't overthink it. He's still yeah. the best
0: player in the league. James Harden was incredible this year, and sure. the Rockets were the best team in the regular season. Not taking that away, and I got undressed by uh, Michael Lee, formerly of the Washington Post and uh, now of Yahoo Sports, on our morning show, Hey, fuck SB him. Nation AM. Now, love Michael Lee. I know I love Very Michael knowledgeable, Lee too. But how but do you he undress basic- you with a bunch of like, stats well, you- on Harden? Well. He said, Well well look at the month of January. You know, LeBron just checked out of the month of January. That has to count for something. And you know, I'm like, okay. And I'm not gonna Define go back at him
1: checking out.
0: What were his numbers when he quote, He still averaged out. he still averaged like twenty three seven and seven in that yes. month. He and played they, all eighty
1: two games in his fifteenth season. I mean the They fuck. got
0: their they got their ass kicked in the month of January and people were like, Well what why were they so terrible? Because they were a bad basketball team. And my, look, stats and all that stuff, and maybe this is an unfair way to look at MVP. But what does MVP stand for? Most Um, valuable player.
1: Valuable.
0: If you remove LeBron from that jabroni squad, they don't make the playoffs. Why'd you back away
1: from your mic right now? You're a lot lower all of a sudden. Right there. I didn't. You didn't back away. You're not touching anything. Poor Murray, by him. the way, has been absolutely I'm just flustered. trying to
0: figure this fucking thing out. and
1: I just... <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Keaton, you were really 23... good for a second there, but okay, go ahead.
0: 23-7-7 seven and seven is what he averaged that month. And But if you take him off that team, Zabe, they're not even a playoff team. And Houston's take, not as... If
1: you take Jordan off that team, they are still a 51-win team, maybe? Sure,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're probably yeah, in that range. So... Uh, I mean, I know James Harden. It was a passing of the torch. He had finished second a couple of times, but I, I would have given it to LeBron. Like you said, I, don't overthink it. Just who is the most valuable person to their team? And that yeah. was LeBron James.
1: Now the media votes for this award, Correct. so it's not you know, the league cannot manipulate it, and the media would not be in any interest to try to go with what the league wants. But I'll say this: the media does the league a good favor by spreading around the MVP. Because now that we've had four different MVPs the last four years, and that would be walking backwards, Harden, Westbrook, Durant, and I think LeBron before that? Well, Curry won back-to-back. Oh, right. Okay, so there's Curry back-to-back and probably LeBron at some point along the way.
0: He won. The last one he won, he was down in Miami. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's okay, been well that's,
1: that's completely stupid. But here's here's where the league benefits from this. The more MVPs, the more stars you have. And so, therefore, it doesn't make the league look like it's one guy. If you gave the MVP to LeBron every single year for the last 10 years, which I would not have a problem with, it, what does it make the league look like, Tim? A one-man league. It's a bad marketing image to have one MVP every single year. So the, the media is unwittingly uh, and unintentionally
0: doing the league's bidding on this by
1: spreading it around.
0: So, LeBron won four in five years. He won 09, 10, 12, and 13 with Derrick Rose in the middle. But if you go back to when Derrick Rose won in 2011, it goes Rose, LeBron, LeBron, Durant, Curry, Curry, Westbrook, and Harden. So, to your point, they have certainly spread it out uh, over the last, really, this decade. It's been pretty well spread out in picked up by other players
1: all right so where's LeBron going as we get closer and closer to the Friday deadline
0: well I thought I thought I never thought that Cleveland was the front runner but I really thought Cleveland had a chance I still think they do have a chance to convince him to stay and and there have been people saying that he's trying to read the the tea leaves and see if someone will come to help him out in Cleveland but with Paul George opting out today it does seem like George is going to go to LA. And if Paul George goes to LA first, I think LeBron will follow him. He's not going to LA by himself. I, I think that is a fair thing to say. The San Antonio Spurs have no motivation to send Kawhi to Los Angeles at this point because if they send him there now, then LeBron just says, Well, fuck, Kawhi's there, so I'm going. I'm going to ride, you know, I'm going to follow him. But I think With Paul George opting out of his $20.7 million player option, I think that sets it up that he will go and sign a big deal with Los Angeles. LeBron will follow. And even if Kawhi doesn't go there, they're pretty damn good. With Paul George, with LeBron, with some of those young players on the Lakers. So I I think he does go to Los Angeles. Uh, That'll be my prediction. But I would not be stunned if he stayed in Cleveland.
1: All right. How do you feel about Austin Rivers? Now a wizard for at least one year.
0: I like the trade. I I really do. I I think it actually worked out for both sides because we know that March and Gortat, as much as we love them, we got rid of a grumpy,
1: a grumpy big with zero range in his last year of his deal for at least a combo guard that gives us some depth.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a look, the, the, the wizards have no money. They they can't go out and sign anybody uh, of meaningfulness. You know, Ty Lawson might end up getting more money that the wizards are, are, are able
1: to pay fucking Lawson.
0: So what did they do? Look, Ernie sucks in a lot of ways, but he actually does decent trades, I think. Aside from you know trading the fifth pick yeah, away but these for are, Randy Ford. These are Ford. trades.
1: Here's an alternate headline, Murray: Glaring hole at guard filled by Ernie in a slapdash deal in which a kid's dad didn't even want him. Like it's Ernie's problem that John Wall has not had a serviceable backup forever now, and so that's finally been kind of sort of pseudo addressed for a year. We're supposed to oh, way to go, Ernie. Good job, you're the best, Dirty. You're the best, man. Way to I'm go! I'm
0: not. I'm not saying that Ernie okay. should have been fired seven times already. I'm well, then not, you're giving him credit but, for being pretty but, good at trades. But but this little trade, just isolated. Let's just look at this by a one by itself. You traded March Gortot, Gortat, who has no purpose in your offense aside from getting a couple rebounds and setting some screens right you were able to trade him away with a 13.1 million dollar price tag attached to his name for a guard that averaged 14 and a half points a game last year yeah. and could come off the bench and so as an what isolated what incident
1: what do you think he'll average for us this coming year not 15
0: he, no but he, he could give you Eight. 10 to 12
1: i bet you he's under 10 this year Minutes will be down, shots will be down. I mean, there's already. But
0: that's better. But that's better than anything that they had. What if so had, What if Austin you can, Rivers averages? You can still more- hate Ernie yeah. and be okay with this trade. No, I no.
1: Hating Ernie as a GM <laughs> is a full-time job. It, it requires that's total. That's right, baby.
0: What's his <laughs> wicked, baby? Yeah. That's
1: right. It requires full-time dedication, and and we hate him as a GM. We hate his employment. We don't hate him as a man. Just for records.
0: Now, so, are you one of those people who had the faux outrage of the Troy Brown Jr. selection? Oh my God! How could he possibly select? I'm like, how many fucking Oregon games did you watch? No,
1: I, I did not have. I did not have faux outrage. The faux I did outrage have...
0: from these wizard fans. Like, once know. again, you can hate Ernie and still be okay or willing to wait to see what no, Troy Brown brings No, no, no. you got to gotta hate team.
1: Ernie all the time.
0: Everything he does. All got day, it. every day, 365, <laughs> until he's gone.
1: And then we can love Ernie once he's finally gone. No, I didn't, have, I didn't have faux outrage. I didn't have outrage outrage. I had meh rage at the pick. It was the most meh. Okay. So an uninspiring guard that will probably not turn out to be anything. I would have personally taken a risk on the oversleeping stretch big man from a- A&M <laughs> that went to Boston. <laughs> Yeah, because at least well, that would have been a risk at a position of need—an athletic big who can shoot a little bit. But okay, whatever. Ernie's the GM, and I'm not. Look, here's the thing: What if Austin Rivers averages more than Otto Porter next year? That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Because uh, on a per game be. basis, what did Ottawa average last year for us?
0: Uh, without looking, less than 15? fifteen, right, or right Probably, around that number? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen range, something like that.
1: And it's not like Austin Rivers is free; he's making twelve million fucking dollars too. So there's that. but He's uh, making
0: less than and Gortat.
1: Yeah, by several hundred thousand.
0: 600 grand or something like that. <laughs> something yeah, this like doesn't that. open up cap space. Yeah, the, the Robert I, think Williams... does, I think
1: it does get Ted under the luxury tax, though, which the, is money, money, money. There's like $2 million, the... there's like two million in luxury tax savings, I understand, with this deal. So, you know, put that in the coffers, plus all the money you didn't have to spend on Barry Trotts Teddy.
0: Going back to the Robert Williams thing, I, I do love that people are like, why don't you draft him? Like, 26 other teams passed on Robert Williams. But because he goes to Boston, he'll end up probably being a beast, and then everybody's going to play revisionist history. Robert Williams, if he had come to, to this culture, maybe he's just an absolute asshole and yeah. sucks. You just know. never know.
1: I know, but, you know, 27 people passed on the crooked-nosed weirdo Argentinian named Manu Ganabli, so he turned out and pretty does, good.
0: Does Manu Ganabli, does he play well in Washington? Does he play well in Phoenix? I mean, you just you never mean? know. Oh, right. I'm saying the Would system he that he went here? to in San Antonio with Tim Duncan and all these other guys, you just never know.
1: How do you feel about Adam Silver getting an extension as commissioner of the association?
0: Hard to not like it. Isn't the league thriving? Yeah, all by, all,
1: by almost all accounts,
0: yes. Yeah, Ratings so, are
1: trending up, unlike the NFL. So, All the franchises
0: say, are billion-dollar operations.
1: Correct. Now, there, there is... There's a lot of things that I think Silver would love to wrangle into shape with the league. I don't think he likes the super team concept. I don't think he likes uh, just the way the league is shaping up these days because it needs to be more balanced, which would be nice. But other than that, you're right. The league is thriving. He's doing a good job. What I like about Adam Silver is that he can conduct an interview and be a human being. (laughs) <laughs> like a normal human being that can speak for the league. He understands all the concepts when it comes to you know what people think of the NBA, uh, the financial concepts, the competitive concepts of it. He understands arguments that are made on behalf of the league and against the league and can articulate them and is not dismissive of them. I mean, he's the best commissioner I've ever seen at doing all
0: that. And players have to love him. He's been pro, you know, you speak your mind, do all that stuff. And they're making a shitload of money. I mean, these super max deals. I mean, John Wall's going to make. Forty million dollars per season. Forty million dollars for
1: Wall. And and the and the other one, which is just enough to melt your head, is that Carmelo's
0: gonna make twenty seven next year. How about the question? They're like, Well is he gonna opt in? I'm like, if he doesn't opt in, he's the biggest fucking moron ever. He's going to make twenty seven million dollars and he's broken down and all he does is sit in the corner and try to shoot threes.
1: All right, let's switch gears abruptly to football. How do you think the Redskins are going every to do this day. year? Yeah, football. That's right. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me get my. Did you come up with the football every day, or was that Scott?
0: It was me and Scott. You brought up football every day, and then me and Scott just randomly, out of key, started singing football every day.
1: Okay, because uh, you
0: brought up the idea. Because you're just the best, bus of football every day. So we had to do football every day, and then you'd play bum-bum-bum-bum. Yes, I I,
1: I said, let's do football every day while we're waiting for football during the long, interminable, hot summer. And that's when I started playing this epic theme song.
0: Football every day. Football every day. (laughs) And then you would say something else there. Yeah, and then we just randomly throw in some random football every day on the Steve Zabin show
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay how do you feel the Redskins will be this year
0: that's what I that's what I think it sets my enthusiasm right there that's exactly what I think I I don't know it just feels like another seven and nine type of year and and when when you get Jay Gruden you know hey yeah we just got to get healthy well no shit you also got to add players and 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 the thought of getting rid of Kirk Cousins because he took up too much cap space and then they don't really go out and, you know, bring in – which I didn't want necessarily, Zabe. I didn't want to go bro, back the, to the – Bro, the cap, the, Dan- space,
1: the cap space got soaked up by Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not that much of a bargain. He's a $24 no. million dollar quarterback More, instead of a $28 million dollar quarterback.
0: Yeah, so that that whole argument was just a, a, a lie, which is surprising. Um Look, Alex Smith is, is good. You look at the numbers, and maybe he's got the old proverbial chip on his shoulder, got to prove people wrong again, and finally got an organization that likes me, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm not—look, I hope—look, I'm a Redskin fan. I hope Alex Smith is fucking awesome, and I hope that Paul Richardson is catching touchdowns left and right. I'm just— I don't have that much juice on this team. Yeah. The offensive I, line worries me. Sean Laval's back at left guard, right? I mean, you're, gonna, you're handing the keys full-time to Chase Ruye at center. I'm just – there the are one things guy, that w- –
1: Who's the one guy that has to be awesome this year for this team to do anything? Besides Alex Smith, I'll give you three choices. Okay. Darius Geis, Jordan Reed, or Josh Doxson. I
0: think Josh Doxson has to be awesome. Okay. Because he's your number one receiver. Jameson Crowd is productive, you know that, but he's a slot guy. Um, Paul no, Richardson, I, I don't, I don't I, expect much. I expect
1: 35 catches and two touchdowns from Paul Richardson. Nice guy, by the way, but just that's what I expect. I don't expect him to blow up into this bona fide number two who's catching eight balls a game. Don't see it. Here's the thing about Geist that has everybody excited and also hopeful. And here's your stat of the day. Oh, by the way. oh, Look out. Here comes, Murray. Back up. It's a big one today. Here we go. Stat of the day. Last year, take a guess as to how many 20-plus yard rushes the Redskins had all year long. Two. The answer is three. And Woo. that is a pathetic number. I think it ranks... Second to last in the entire NFL. Your stat of the day. Now, what that tells me, very simply, is they did not have a dynamic runner on their team last year. It's one thing to be low in yards per carry. It's one thing to be low in yards per game. It's one thing to be low ranking-wise in first downs rushing. Uh, You can say Jay Gruden doesn't have a taste for running the ball, which is true. It's not as bad as Spurrier was, but still. When you don't have more than three 20-yard runs, you don't have any dynamic back that can turn a six-yard run into a 40-yard run. And that's what the Redskins need badly, and everyone is hoping,
0: including me, that Geis is the guy. I'm a little worried that there's just too much expectation for a rookie running back now we've seen plenty of rookie running backs abe flourish in their in their in their opening campaign and hopefully that's the case and darius geist was an absolute monster at lsu and i will say this that, that chris thompson i still am high on chris thompson i think he's Arguably the best third down back in the league, he but he's so a many third down back coming off yes, a he's catastrophic
1: not a, leg injury.
0: Not an every down back, so yeah, you need Darius. Guys, I just think in this in this league in this offense, they need something more. They need Josh Doxson to finally be a first round pick. He hasn't done that, yeah. so to me, of the three options you gave me, okay. I, I just you need a lot from Josh Doxson.
1: All right, what's the window on the Redskins just as we sit here, just prior to July first? Low and high. I think the low on this team is five and eleven, and I think the high is ten and six. I don't think eleven is in the picture for this team. I just don't see it.
0: Well, when was the last time this organization won eleven games? Nineteen ninety-two. Yes, exactly. And Jesus it doesn't look like Christ. an eleven-win team this year. But that's okay. I... I'll take tough 10 division. Wins. Oh yeah, I'll take ten wins every day, twice on Sunday. I I think it's six to ten. I don't know if I don't know if this team is that bad to go to five and eleven. So my window would be. S- at, it's an eight-win football team, and then I do plus or minus two. You could, if things break right, they could win ten. So your window is between long, six and ten. Yes, six Mine and 10 is my window is between five and, and ten. I think if
1: it get really excited, feel fast.
0: these nipples, Zayd. That's exciting. Get ready for this football team. <laughs> Woo!
1: Uh, Jason Worth has retired from baseball. This after his phone just did not ring. Said he thought he had a couple more seasons left in him but realized that nah no one's really interested in the Jason Worth show. Scott Boris had some of the most hilarious quotes about him saying of all the monuments in DC, yeah, Jason yeah. Worth will go down as the first true leader on the Nationals team so blah 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 blah. A bit overblown, but go ahead and tell me, Mr. Baseball, like- where does Jason Worth like what was what's the legacy of Jason Worth
0: as a net? The legacy of Jason Worth is that he was the first guy to take the money from the Nationals. They had been, you know, rumored to be after Mark Teixeira in the running. Nobody was willing to take the money. So he was the first guy to come to D.C. and to be in the beginning of the turnaround. Now, that is a laughable quote from Scott Boris because Ryan Zimmerman, who's not very rah-rah, but Ryan Zimmerman was drafted in 05, the first ever draft pick by this organization. He is still here. Now he's beaten and battered and he's old, but sure. he is the monument of this franchise. But Jason Worth, look, people knocked a, is he worth it, you know, 126 deal. He stayed all seven years, Zabe. I thought he was absolutely worth it, and you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. Did you like him
1: he, as a player? Were you into him? Because he was a surly dick.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't media. like his personality. He Ed. was an ass. Yeah,
1: he was an ass, although some say that that's what every ball team needs. One guy who's got an edge to him, who's a bit He of an was ass.
0: revered, I mean revered in that clubhouse. So right. they, they, they loved him. Because um, he could be the dick for everybody else. Everybody right. else
1: could be a normal, generally nice person. They're like, okay, Worth has the asshole spot held down, so we'll let him handle that street corner.
0: What right. is, I think this is a question... That you should uh, ponder one day on the Steve Zabin show on Team Nine Eighty. What is his second best moment as a NAT? Because number one is it's the earthquake, the home the, run. The, that was number players. one, right. and I watched that uh, on Fancred, uh, the site that broke at John Hayman's. What's Fancred? It used to be Fan Rag, and I guess they changed their name. Okay. Fancred, whatever. Right. But I think his second best moment is the Dan Kolko interview. Yeah, they could kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, that is my
1: favorite Jason Worth moment. Oh, yeah. In and Philly, all... I, I see on Twitter in Philly they're trying to say now, hey, even though he left on sort of salty terms, he did produce a lot for us, including winning a World Series. So we need to kind of close the book on a favorable note with Jason
0: Worth. I never understood. I mean, it's just Philly, and they hate everybody. Um, I, I never understood the Venom from philadelphia to him he took a deal that wasn't offered to him by philadelphia right, he a took massive a, a seven-year 126 million dollar deal so
1: and, and, and there were other guys on that championship team that took deals that pretty much sunk the franchise financially
0: uh, oh yeah chase utley ryan howard ryan Jimmy howard Rollins, deal poor poor ryan five howard for awesome. 125 <laughs> whoo
1: boy ryan, ryan howard blew out his achilles in the batter's box just starting to run to first ah there it goes there it was it his achilles or his knee
0: I think it I was the Achilles it. yeah
1: it was like I'm gonna run to first no you ain't nature and your body has other ideas
0: yeah they're Wha- finally getting themselves out of out of that hell of those three contracts
1: while we're on baseball don't look now Tim but a fellow Tim oh, Tebow no. is looking pretty pretty good Double-A managers have been raving about the strides the former Heisman Trophy winner has made this year with the Mets affiliate in Double-A Birmingham, or Binghamton. Binghamton. Sorry, not Birmingham, Binghamton. They cited improved plate discipline, improved pitch recognition, and opposite field power. Said Double-A skipper Warren Schaefer, quote, he looks like a different guy than last year. You have called minor league baseball games. You know about the particular struggle it takes to crawl out of the minors with the Bojangles plywood billboards in the outfield up to the show where the baseballs are all gleaming and the stadiums are cathedrals. Do you think, Tim, that maybe Tebow should be called up?
0: No, he should yeah, not be you're called like, up. Are no. you fucking oh. kidding me? God, no. He has a terrible slugging percentage. He is second in that league in strikeouts with 87. I give him credit. His His slash line is 256,
1: 335, 402. Those three numbers represent batting average, slugging, and on base percentage.
0: Uh, Yes? I'm Ron Burgundy.
1: You're the baseball guy, not me. No,
0: it's on base and then slugging.
1: Okay. Okay. Slugging, batting average, on base, and then
0: slugging. Okay.
1: And a good slash line would be 345 and change. Yes. Very, his very, is, that'd be very good. That'd be very, okay, but his is two, three, four, and it's a right. low four at that.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't get on base all that much. Um, no, I I do give him credit. I, he has done far better than I ever in my wildest dreams anticipated. The thing that bothered me about this whole Tebow saga was that the Mets were actually pretending like he's a real prospect. Now, if you want to have the you know the 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 guy who's going to bring in tickets, I, I understand that, but they pretended like he's a big-time prospect. From what I understand, he's extremely, which is, this is bizarre, extre- look, extremely unathletic in the outfield. And you are like, what? Now, how does that make sense? This dude was a, a great college quarterback. Because
1: he's stiff. He's like
0: a box. He's yeah.
1: stiff and he's bulky. It doesn't mean he's fluid or natural or instinctive. There's different now, flavors of athleticism, as we all know.
0: Now, Zabe, would I be surprised if he's in the major leagues in September? I would not.
1: Because the Be- Mets are completely shit.
0: Yes. And they, and they need, need some sort of excitement. anything, yes. to yes.
1: distract people from the burning shit pile known as the Mets. Ding, Meet the ding, Mets. ding. <laughs> All right. I, you were going to say, and I'll complete your sentence on this. Uh, you say, hello, Mets. Oh, hello. Uh, you, like me, are impressed and in complete respect of the fact he keeps grinding at this. Absolutely. That this was not a fling for him. This is he is doing I work it was. in the minors, yep. and he is trying his ass off to be a major league player. So,
0: give him credit for that, right? I do. I know, a hundred percent. But he's thirty years old. He is, you know, six years older than the average age in that league. So, he's not a great prospect. Right, because but once I, he finally
1: makes it up to the bigs, you want to have several good years of him. Yeah,
0: and I mean, and he's just—he's not a big league player. You can—you could can go. You can watch, like when I saw Juan Soto playing for the uh, Harrisburg Senators a month ago, or however long it was. I was like, "What yeah, were that's you amazing. doing in Harrisburg?" Well, I was in Bowie, which is right in my neck of the woods. Oh, and, okay. Uh, was calling a game for my buddy. Uh, who's nice. the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox. And nice. uh, Juan Soto hit a home run that game, obviously, because he's a fucking man-child. Did you pimp and that call? Were you on the call for that? I or? was on the call. I don't think I pimped it. I'm not a, I am not ai wasn't I wasn't ever an extravagant home run call guy.
1: Juan Soto home run, and that ball is one, gone. Bay <laughs> Sox won. Or no, Harrisburg won. Bay <laughs> Sox nothing. <laughs> pimp it, baby. Pimp it!
0: You're in the minor leagues. I always thought I'm in the minor leagues for a reason. If I ever get to the big leagues, that's when I can do my, uh you know, John Sterling. But how are you going to get up? to the bigs if you don't pimp your minor league? Your boy Dave Jagler, who made it up, who is one of the best broadcasters, in my opinion, in the league. He's good. He's not amongst the best. I love Dave. He's middle He's of the pack. Clean.
1: He Obviously. is very clean. He is very clean. I don't like how he bends every inflection upwards at the end of sentences, you know, and uh, pretty good. Yeah, everything goes up. Oh, he up goes. Oh, up. yeah. Not, gotcha. not, not in a sing-songy way, but you know, he's he's a very pleasant. Dave Jagler is. I, I would like to see more downward bent inflections at the end of sentences a little darker coffee but it's how do you like your coffee charlie slows is similar uh, charlie slows here as uh, the nationals take on a three-game set against the miami marlins hello and good evening everybody and welcome to the ballpark
0: that's pretty good one though. baseball on the radio yeah, those guys that's do exact. it those guys do a great they're, job they're if, great
1: if you call baseball for a living you better fucking love
0: baseball i mean you better i love it more baseball you better today. love you and you better love the dude you're sitting next to, because oh, that yeah. could be a long seat. And you could tell; I mean, they don't fake it. Dave and right. Charlie, yes. they genuinely like each other, so it that's a pleasant broadcast.
1: We turn it over to uh, we turn it over to Dave Jagler for the middle innings. Uh thank you, asshole. Uh, appreciate <laughs> it. You suck, and I'm trying to get you fired. <laughs> Here's Bryce Harper at the plate. He grounded out into a double play in the first inning. And <laughs> exactly. All right, one more before we get to fuck that guy. Fuck that guy! Fuck that guy! Uh, This one, Floyd Mayweather has spent eighteen million dollars on a watch. What is the one extravagance, Mister Murray, in your life that you admit? Mm. Okay, I spent a lot to buy this. (laughs) And would Mm. it would it approach anything insane like (laughs) Like eighteen million dollars? Right,
0: Right, exactly. Uh, well, let's just go through real quickly what I own. I own a house. Uh, I don't think I overpaid for my house. I paid a decent amount of money. Me and my wife, she makes more money. Than What'd I you do. pay for the house? Uh, none of your business. And, uh, how many uh, square feet? Uh, none of your business.
1: I'm going to be like Dwight Schrute in the office when he starts rattling <laughs> the banisters <laughs> yes. of, uh, David, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, 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 the uh, manager I'll... from upstate New York, the guy who invented suck it when he was unemployed and then became a millionaire again and bought Dunder Mifflin back.
0: David, David Walls. Uh, yes, yeah. David Dwight Schrute's
1: being all nosy as the at the house party. He's shaking. They're like, oh, "How's this secured? What'd you pay for this thing?" Okay, so you didn't, you didn't, the not extravagant on the house. Yeah. You probably I don't think, have many extravagant tastes.
0: I really don't. My yeah. my car is base model. It's a Subaru Forester. Decent car gets me from A to B. Okay. I mean, my wife's wedding ring was expensive. Um, How much you pay
1: for that? None, none, of,
0: your none of your business. Thank you. Um, Okay. I have I have multiple televisions. Good I mean, for I,
1: you, Murray. I haven't heard about your setup, by the way. I've it's never heard of not the great. Murray Five Hour Energy Dome. What is it?
0: Uh, the Mur- it, There is no because well, I don't have a basement. Okay. So we have the living room and the family room. Both have forty plus inch flat screen TVs. Uh, nothing too crazy. We've got the sound bar in the main room. A little, you know, a little setup there. Murray, but what not- is your setup? My setup is a forty-two-inch Samsung with a, a soundbar, and that's it.
1: I thought you said you had multiple TVs.
0: I have multiple TVs in
1: my house. Oh, not in one room. No. Oh, not, okay. Well, we need yet. to work on that. Yeah, I know.
0: It's okay. on the it's on the list. Okay, uh, but other. I guess I didn't. Nothing.
1: And, and I mean, watch, I buy. What's your most I, expensive watch?
0: Do you uh, wear a watch? I don't wear a watch. Have
1: you ever worn a watch?
0: I got a watch from being the best man in a wedding and it was a nice watch, so I wore that a little bit and I think I lost that watch. Okay. I good, will good say job. my, hey, my job, extravagant boss. My <laughs> extravagant purchase I got a best man watch and I lost yeah. it. Yeah. Don't my, tell would,
1: Don't tell the guy that you were the best man for that, that happened.
0: I would that say the is. extravagant purchase that I make on a regular basis, and it's not extravagant one time going but on a recurring basis i get good beer i get you know 12 13 six packs on a you know weekly basis so it's not like you know i spend 18 million dollars on a watch but i don't go and get bud light for 5.99 i okay, go and good. get you splurge on
1: beer good yeah. for you on that okay i thought your have? answer i well my luxury is of course electronics you know sure. now i'm into buying expensive high-end cameras like the new sony a 7 three, with its uh you know uh, glorious full frame, 1080p, you know, 24 megapixel glory, and the, if... you know, the lenses, the glass for that stuff, like the uh, Sony 24 to 105 G Master lens, which is thirteen hundred dollars itself. Hey, how know? about that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're not into that, are you? <laughs> but, hey. do you? Do you know what has killed cameras? Killed cameras. iPhones. Yes, yes. And, and people don't give a shit about good photos. I do nope. though. I'm a pixel peeper. I'm a guy that looks at photos going, fuck, look at the resolution on that. Holy crap, look at that. Look at the depth of field. Look at the dynamic range in that photograph. Look at how true the colors are to the human eye. Everyone else is like, ah, this is fine. Throw it up there on Instagram.
0: But if I I go a year without getting fired, Zabe, maybe I'll start having more extravagant purchases.
1: So wait, you have not gone more than a year in your professional radio career without...
0: No, fired. I've got a, I've got a good thing running here uh, of getting fired. Uh, since I got fired from 980 on January twentieth, a 2017, day that she'll
1: live in infamy. Uh,
0: for multiple reasons, there yes. was an inauguration and the firing of me. Um, then I got fired from. Hold on, you got fired
1: on Trump's inauguration.
0: Yeah. Do you know who got fired on Obama's
1: inauguration? Galdi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes! These coward ass companies firing people on inauguration days. Like, hey, don't look over here. We're uh, welcoming a new president. You're fired! Scumbags.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, All right, yeah, we'll see. So,
1: if you go more than a year without getting fired. We'll
0: yeah, go. maybe. I, I think if I did go, uh, an extravagant thing that my father and my mom used to do, they traveled a lot. I love traveling. So, maybe that day will come. You know what's extravagant? Fucking daycare. That's extravagant. It is extravagant. What do you pay per hour?
1: Uh
0: none we, we, Yeah, none
1: of your See, business. See, that's the answer that you should have. Do uh, you want to tell me what you pay for daycare?
0: No, I don't. <laughs>
1: okay. It's, I a, don't. it's, is it drop it's off? extravagant. Is How it drop-off daycare or is it daycare that comes to your house? Drop-off. Okay. All documented Americans? No, uh, no. <laughs> shadowy green card, quasi-immigrant labor kind of thing? No, okay. it's, a, it's, a of good, you know, it's
0: a company.
1: Yeah, well, it's good. Well, someone's got to watch the kid. Yeah. Of course, you got into the kid business, which is going to be extravagant unto itself. That is true. So yeah. Okay, with that said, Mr. Murray, you know what time it is. Pum bum bum. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy.
0: Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Murray. Who is your FTG for the week? Well, my FTG a couple weeks back was not just one person. It was a generalization of the blowhards on radio that just try to get you riled up. Today's FTG is a jealousy FTG. Fuck Colin Cowherd. Four-year extension for this motherfucker. Over $6 million annually. Got to raise. Got went, a raise. Went he's FS1. doing less. He's doing less doing now. Doing less. Not, he's not right. going to do Speak for Yourself, which he had been doing with uh, Jason Whitlock. So he's right. just doing his show, four-year extension, north of $6 million a year. He can do bullshit like what he did with Baker Mayfield. Nobody cares. Hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. Fuck Colin Coward because I am jealous of him.
1: We're, doing, you know, it wrong, the, the we're ratings, doing it wrong, I know. The ratings for his shows are still in the insignificant range. I don't think he's closed the gap on ESPN at all. But I think if you don't re-sign Colin Cowherd, you should just close up shop. And so I think the thought is, well, we're going to keep doing what we do. And so one person has to be the star. He'll get all the money. This is not unlike when Berman was the guy at the top of the pyramid. Hey. Yeah, Tommy. Hey. At ESPN. He wasn't necessarily good, but he was the face of ESPN. Colin Coward has played the game wisely. He is the face of FS1, even though they're not really making a big dent. All right, my uh, fuck that guy, it's another broadcaster fuck that guy. He'll be in town this week uh, for the PGA Tour event on CBS, and that is one Gary McCord. Now, what do I have against Gary McCord, the mustachioed, seemingly jolly and witty golf announcer? The reason is, if you actually listen to McCord, you'll realize that everything he says is trying way too damn hard. Only he thinks he's funny. Gary McCord is a kitsch act that died sometime around 1993, and yet he keeps flogging away at it. If McCord were to shave his stupid mustache, he'd be unemployable. They'd go, who is this weirdo with the unfunny references? It's the mustache. Like, hey, look look at me as he twirls his, I'm a wacky guy. I got a mustache. I used to play the PGA Tour a long time ago. Ooh, ooh, look at this putt. This putt is is greasier than Popeye's fried chicken on your lap while driving. Ahaha! <laughs> ha, shut up for Gary McCord. Fuck that guy. I love you. All right, Mr. Murray, for more of you, SB Nation AM, Monday through Friday. Also on Twitter, they can find you at? One, Tim Murray. Any other side projects? I saw you did an interview, baseball interview that was on yeah. WBAL in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, WBAL, do a show there, 7 to 8, uh, various weeknights. So just uh, check the Twitter page. I'll make sure to point you in the right direction.
1: We'll end with this today. Put it on the list of things that once didn't even raise an eyebrow and now you just groan and say, really, really, this is what it's come to this file, this story without a doubt under the, so this is what it's come to the website, uh, Getty images, the worldwide leader in professional photography and image gathering worldwide Getty images put out a little slideshow, a little gallery the other day, which they do on their various platforms, entitled World Cup 2018, The Sexiest Fans. All right, here we go. Well, it had some photos of some very good-looking women that were fans of their respective World Cup teams. One of the women, um, the Russia entrant, uh, happened to be a porn star. Hey, good for her. Mazel, mazel. Well, that website, that that gallery has been taken down by Getty Images with the following note, editor's note. Earlier, we published a piece titled World Cup 2018, The Sexiest Fans that did not meet our editorial standards. We regret the error and have removed the piece. There are many interesting stories to tell about the World Cup and we acknowledge this was not one of them. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fuck you to the moon and back, Getty Images. Nobody said it was a story. It's eye candy. There's no nudity involved. And you could have easily made it an equal men and women photo gallery. Or two different ones. The sexiest female fans of the World Cup. The sexiest male fans. And we're all equal. So really, we can't do this now. We can't say... Damn, look at that girl who's rooting for Sweden with the face paint and the shirt and the booty. Can't do that, huh? Okay. Well, I'm sure there's some photo entity and some website out there that is happy to do that. So you go, do you do you, as the kids sarcastically say to Getty Images. Somebody else is going to drink that milkshake because ain't not a damn thing wrong. Ain't not a damn thing, triple negative. Not a goddamn thing wrong, pardon my French, with putting up a gallery of photos of hot female fans rooting on their teams at the World Cup. That'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that message board about how great this is. Positive reviews are always appreciated and ratings. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. You know what they are. And always remember, the salad fork goes outside of the dinner fork or... Wait a minute, is it, you know what, who cares? It's a damn fork. 90% of the planet eats with their dirty hands, and they would love to have any fork. We in the first world have two. One for
0: the salad,
1: one for the rest of the meal. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next
0: time.